0: Welcome everyone to the Magic Beans Podcast. My name is Cracker and I hope you're all well. I've got a couple of beans joining me today. Today we have the Blaster Boy. Scott, how are you doing? Good evening all. And we also have
1: Chewy. How's things,
2: Matt? Uh, Really good. That's the best intro we've ever had to this podcast. Well done.
1: The best. I think. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what the problem in the past has been, but that is the best.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So obviously Shorty isn't with us today. He's had a new little bubba. Uh, so, congratulations to Shorty and Kat. Congrats! I have got guys. some big shoes to fill. Well, Little shoes, not not big shoes. They're shoes, but you know, we'll we'll do our best to carry on without him and and see if we can still have a good time. So we've got a few topics we'd like to cover off tonight. Uh, but first off, as usual, Blaster Watch Scott. What have you been up to? It's been a while. You missed the last one. I have
1: missed the. Uh, I, I missed the last one. So sorry about that uh, for not making. But. Uh... Being that late, you know, it's somewhat of my age. If, if I haven't had dinner by 4.30 and in bed by 6.30, <laughs> the next day is just a horror for me. Scott's the
2: so. reason they now have daytime pre-releases, like the actual yeah, exactly. reason. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, these 12 o'clock pre-releases are perfect. Um, but, yeah, apart from that, I've been good. Uh, I went to PAX, uh, would have been a couple of weeks ago now, and um, had a great time there. Got to meet a few people from within my gaming community, not so much magic, but just... Uh, my guild members and things like that. We went out for dinner, Um, but there wasn't really much of a a wizard presence um, this time around. And there hasn't been for a couple of years now. I think uh, about two, three years ago, there was a huge presence. There was big tournaments on. Uh, They were doing learn to play type sessions for everyone. They had a huge area out the back where the big tabletop section is set up. So anyone that's been to PAX before probably know what I'm talking about there. But um, yeah, I don't really know why this, these last few years they haven't um they did have in the D- D- diversity lounge and a few other sort of little afk type areas you can go to they they were arranging little unofficial type tournaments uh and teaching people to play in the same area that they're teaching people to play dungeons and dragons so how the two of them mixed together and <laughs> verbally i think it was quite loud in there but you know at least there was something happening
2: i wonder um, if i wonder if it's just uh like i imagine having uh a booth or or whatever they're called at, at one of those conventions is quite expensive. And because, you know, Australia is not a big fish in the the magic pond, um, even though, you know, top four in the world, magic cup and putting, uh, you know, putting players into the top eight of mythic championships, David mines didn't do that. On his own. Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Right. Uh, great. Best new hosts uh, out there as well. And um, so, but we do, you know, we look at the number of Grand prix that we get, and it's population size, right? Uh, I wonder Mm if, you know, Wizards just don't see the value in it. And... I
1: I think that's, I think you're right. I think that's... They probably realise that the the audience they've already got they've already got here, regardless of whether they spend money or not, and it's just not worth their while. It I is, don't know where they have a big presence at um, the San Diego PAX or well, at PAX um, East, the they East they had PAX. the
2: PAX East they had the first Mythic Invitational, right? With the you know the oh, flagship yeah. one for for Arena, so they've definitely got a relationship with the organisers of PAX and. I guess, yeah. So, maybe, maybe. And
0: San Diego Comic Con, they always have their um, special limited edition Planeswalker sets. Mm, That's true. So, there's always a big turnout for those things. So, I I think it just is, like you were saying, just distance, right? We are, what, 24 hours flight from the US, effectively, by the time you have stopovers and things. So, bringing over a bunch of people would be costly, and I think it's more that their push will be towards arena now as well.
1: And they are scared of the drop bears. The drop bears are a major issue. <laughs> yes. Something something that we've never dealt with. But the, yeah, they see, the Americans seem terrified. So
2: I wonder uh, if I wonder how many international listeners, all seven of you, are uh, now furiously googling drop bear, <laughs> thinking it's a magic card. Is is that like is that different to a grizzly bear? There's a grizzly bear with flying? You know, it's it's a five five. Yeah, that's, that,
1: that's it. <laughs>
0: Uh, the problem is it's uh, it's pacified because they're always asleep, koalas. They they yeah. are. Or just Anytime you see them, they're just up in a tree. They sleep for like 22 hours a day or something stupid. They're always fatigued.
2: Yeah. <laughs> someone's cast. Anyway,
0: yeah, we can go. They're down. always tapped. We'll, we'll <laughs> Someone cast narcolepsy. Yeah, alert. exactly.
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, but apart from pecs, um, I haven't done an awful lot of playing on arena. Um, I still haven't managed to get myself down for a Friday night. Um, magic night uh, so I do still plan to do that but uh, I did uh, end up playing a bit of that artesian festival thing that was in arena uh, last week I think I only ran for a week uh, and that was great like me it was over very quickly it only took me seven games to get the five that I needed for um, the five cards sick brags, oh, sick brags. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well um, actually, yeah, one of them one of them was a disconnect so I don't even count that as a loss <laughs> but uh but there, yeah, there was one legitimate loss and one disconnect, which which ended up conceding. So, so, so
2: what what was the artesian event like? What what was the what was the format?
1: Uh, it was standard, but they'd actually banned certain cards, and I can't remember what all the cards that were banned were, but I do remember one in particular was the cavalcade card <gasps> had been banned. So, so it was commons and uncommons only. Commons and memory. uncommons, yeah, that's right, yeah. And uh, and with with I think there was five banned cards from memory, but cavalcade was the one that really. Sort of stuck a thorn in my side, so I ended up creating a, a red and green deck, um, which was more about growth. Uh, so it was all my green creatures would grow based off, based off cards that would uh, give it the, the like Samet Sprint, for instance, was in my deck. the The ones that I actually found that I enjoyed the most was Samet Sprint, uh, Collision, and Colossus. I think it's it is. is that an uncommon season? Growth. I thought that was a rare. Uh, yeah, yeah, sweet. No, nah, yeah, it's an uncommon. Um, so those three cards seemed to, they, they worked really well together, particularly when I got down things like my Nullback Rhino. So this is a deck that I'm not normally familiar with playing. I don't normally play anything outside of red, really, uh, unless I have to. And in this case, I had to. Uh, but I, I quite liked it. It was a fun fun little deck.
0: So how did you enjoy having some, like, big green creatures rather than just little hasty boys in your red.
1: It was good because I knew it was coming. So I actually would build for it. I'd wait for that to come out. And so I'd hold on to things like uh, my growth cards, like my Samit Sprint or um, my seasons of growth. I tend to pop out fairly early because that was a nice way of getting out some extra creatures or, or scrying. Um, but it was good because it actually slowed me down a little bit. I didn't have to worry too much about getting these uh, one ones with for, for one sort of type creatures out, except for I did have Gingerbrook. So he was fun to put out. But, um, but no, I liked it. And the thing is, I think I was lucky in the sense that most of my games, um, I got the mana I needed pretty quickly. So bringing out my Rhino, which was my most expensive creature, was fairly quick. Um, um, so what, really...
0: what, what Rhino is this? Cause I yeah. I, I, yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> Nullback null Rhino. It's, it's a simple sort of Rhino's trample. Um, but whenever you cast a spell, that target draws a, on that target, he draws a card. So if you cast a spell on the Rhino, you draw a card.
2: I'm furiously oh, googling it
1: yeah. now. Null back. So rhino. it was. It was a good deck. It just there was lots of drawing of cards, lots of building up your creatures. Um, and so nine times out of ten, when I put this Nullback back rhino down, and I usually by that point I had two seasons of growth down as well. People were just leaving the game on me. So it was. It was got him. Yeah. Yeah. You got it.
2: Um. Yeah. It's so a four mana four four. So two and two green for a trampler 4/4 for trampler and whenever you cast a spell that targets Nullback rhino draw a card um that's pretty sweet i do remember yeah, losing yeah i do remember losing to this guy in um uh, in m20 limited <laughs> actually i didn't play a lot of it didn't wasn't lucky enough to uh, uh i got season of growth a few times with some pump spells but not um not the rhino so
1: did lose to it though it's bringing back yeah. memories so i I'd, I'd pop in down and then I'd pop a, a collision colossus card out on on him or a summit Sprint. Um, draw a, and so and a,
2: draw a card a and uh yeah. you'd
1: buff him up as well, and before you knew it he was buffed up quite nicely and uh, people would just quit. <laughs> 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 so yeah, it was a good good deck. It was just, uh, it was I mean, I had I would I won't take credit for designing this deck. I did actually find it. A guy on YouTube was was playing it and uh, and I just sort of I googled, you know, good decks for the Artesian Festival, and I came across this one. I thought that looks like a fun deck, and uh, and it was. So I'm now going to keep it in my in my um, deck list now, and just hopefully play with it later on.
0: That's sweet, man. I'm glad you're uh, expanding your horizons. That's closer to like a aggressive mid range deck, right? When you've mm. got a bunch of four drops that you're trying to hold on to so you can cast pump spells to get immediate value. That's uh, that's a really good thing to learn. Is like with some beatdown decks, casting things on curve is exactly what you want to do, and sometimes you just got to hold so that if you think, oh, they're going to have a removal spell for it, you can get some value out of it anyway. Mm. Is it only when you target it as well, or is it if someone tries to, like, shock it after damage? Uh, I think
1: it's only when you target it. Uh, I didn't have anyone actually target it. Well, my opponent didn't, so I don't... Yeah, uh, it says whenever
2: sure. you cast a spell that targets yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's so. whenever you do. Okay, fair enough. Yeah.
1: But you've got plenty spell. of spell cards, in your you know, plenty of instances in your deck anyway to be able to do that, uh, as well as buff him up at the same time. So it works well.
0: Yeah, that's cool. It's kind of like the uh, feather deck from a little while ago, which was the same sort of thing. You target it and, and get some additional value mm. for, you know, you heard, pointing pump spells at your own creature. You heard it
2: here first, guys. Nileback Nile Black Rhino is the green feather.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. I mean, a draw. Yeah, it's almost like bringing your spells back. Not quite. Anyway. So Chewy. Yeah. You you had you had a delivery this week, mate, which um which confused our co-host here today. It did. Uh, (laughs) I had to had to Google it. (laughs) And and what did you find, Scott? Tell us what Chewy got. I found out it was a
1: very old deck (laughs) or a very old pack of cards. Mm. That's. All I, I looked at, I think it was 1995.
2: It was. They so were, were uh, it's a Chronicles booster pack, um, which was, yeah, released in 95. It's got some um, Commander All-Stars such as uh, uh, Ashnod's Altar and the original Nickel Bolas is in that set. Um, and uh, I put a picture of the pack up. I tweeted a um, a picture of it at M T G Shameless Um, (laughs) self-promotion. I um, am building up for another um, Chaos Draft, which I wouldn't mind being an annual Magic Beans um, event, basically. So um, what's a Chaos Draft? I hear you ask. Um, Yeah, I was (laughs) going to say, do
0: you you Um, you know what a Chaos Draft is, Scott? No. Okay. Well, we have to come to the next
2: one. Yeah, for sure. So um, it's something that I... You know, I've seen at side events at, you know, like old nationals or Grand Prix or, um, you know, big events. And I've always gone, oh, yeah, that's kind of, you know, looks interesting, but have never, um, never gotten into. Some some people do sealed rather than draft. But um, what it is, is, oh, sorry, I'll finish my backstory. So then at the last nationals um, in the the afternoon of the Sunday, uh, pretty much whilst the top eight was going on. Um, Shorty and I were looking for things to do whilst the top eight was going on because we were a long way from there. Um, the cast draft got announced. and I thought, why not? So, um, and I had a blast. I, I had a really good time and I'm like, we, we have to do this with the, uh, with the beans. So effectively it is a whole bunch of random boosters. Um, where you get 24 packs from all different sets and you randomly distribute those packs amongst your drafters, three packs each, obviously, and, and you do a draft. So you have sets that are not intended to be played together. And, you know, you might have something from, you know, I'll have a Throne of Eldraine pack or three in the in the set alongside the chronicles booster from 95 so getting the full spectrum of of, uh of magic sets and you're playing these cards that you know you you, even though you don't necessarily get the synergies uh that you get from within the sets at all all. not even well it's funny (laughs) you do sometimes get like cross-set synergies and you're like oh this thing works well with this thing and you tend to draft archetypes rather than um uh, synergies right So you go, I'm going to draft this red-white aggressive deck, if you're shorty. Um, Or or, Or blue-white flies. Or blue-white flies, or red-green aggressive mid-range with your Nile Black Rhino that you open in pack one out of your M20 booster or something like that, right? So, and it's cool because everybody opens, like opening old booster packs. Uh, Opening packs is really fun, but when you're opening old boosters, and I've got three Kaladesh boosters as well, so there might be inventions um you know so uh so i've i've got i think i've got six of 24 boosters um collected so far and the the aim is uh over the christmas break um to have the 24 and we'll all get together and, and draft it so uh it's so much fun it's it's a really casual fun thing to do uh especially for people that it's it's fun if you've been playing for a really long time because you're like oh i remember this this card because you tend to remember constructed decks and you know marquee cards but if you drafted a bunch in that set you're like oh that's right this common was really good in this format and it brings back that nostalgia as well as the you know oh i might open a gideon or something like that right so it's a um uh, really fun for that sense but then if you're a new player you're opening cards that you've never ever seen before like it's it takes a long time to draft because it's wild yeah you
0: because you have to read every card and you look at them going i don't understand this because the templating is all different and the creatures are
1: all bad yeah
0: <laughs> the, the spells are all really good it, uh, it can't
1: be any worse than a, a cube that i did at. uh Chewie's years ago, where he gave us Russian cards. I mean, I had no <laughs> hang idea. on now. I have no idea what they Shrine
0: think. of Burning Rage does in uh, in Russian man. It's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, Shrine of
2: Burning Rage, and um, I can't remember the name of the card now. It's uh, th- either white or two manner, three three white manner or six other manner, and puts three one one flyers into play. Lingering souls? No, the the three manner one, not souls. The other um, spectral procession. Yeah, is that the one? Something like that. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I've got like a German one of those, but it's like I really want this card, but this is that—that's the version of the card I own, so I chucked it in, and you know, just look at Scryfall on your phone. It's fine.
1: <laughs> Translate Google Translate. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, but yeah, it's I guess it's yeah similar to um, uh, similar to a cube draft in that you're looking for synergies and and strategies that sit together without having a. Uh, uh, a set-based synergy. You can't go, I'm all adventures or I'm all elementals, but you've got, um you know, just good magic cards generally. So it's good fun.
0: Yeah, you just kind of have to draft your fundamentals, right? You're looking for removal and, like, game-winning threats and that kind of stuff. And then, like, the games themselves are just nuts because you have no idea what, like, the cards are in the set. Like, I wouldn't know what's in Chronicles. Like I, I mean, I was eleven in '95, right? <laughs> like, I wasn't, I wasn't playing Magic. Wow. So I've, I've no idea what the, it's an old game, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I've, I've got no idea what, what these cards are. Which I'm an old like, gamer. Yeah. Com, <laughs> combat is insane because you're just like, well, I mean, there may be a pump spell or yeah. there may be some. You don't know on what on, your, your opponent's no got. Idea, yeah. Got no idea what your opponent's
2: got in hand. Yeah. And and, that's probably, and what's flanking? There's, yeah. there's no playing around yeah. stuff. Um, but. Speaking of, you know, old boosters or, like, spicy boosters and how fun they are to mm. open, can we talk about collector boosters? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if you haven't seen this. Um, uh, I don't know. Joel, you've probably looked at a, at a little bit more than I have. Um, oh, do you mean the mystery, mystery boosters? Mystery boosters. That's the one. Mystery packs. Mystery, mystery packs, packs. yeah. 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 Um, yeah. <clears throat> t- talk to us about those because uh, I've seen just – A couple of, I I heard they were a thing and I was like, whatever, like, like collector's boosters, something that I'm probably not going to get. So wasn't very interested. And then I saw some pretty cray cray Twitter posts over the last 24
0: hours. So this morning I woke up and grabbed my phone because that's what you do. Uh, Today's Friday. It's the first day of the Richmond uh, mythic championship uh, that's happening over this weekend. And one of the very first events that, uh, Wizards and Channel Firewall ran was this mystery draft or mystery sealed actually. And and people just had no idea what it was. Like, so Wizards have been tweeting out pictures of these mystery packs for weeks and hyping it all up. And everyone's just like, I have no idea what's going on. There was no cards spoiled at all, which is amazing for Wizards because <laughs> they are always cards spoiled. Um, <laughs> and so I, I actually caught the Channel Firewall stream. They One of the um, guys there cracked a bunch of these packs and I was watching it live with, you know, like 5,000 other people on Twitter in this, like, 240p resolution because it was his phone in a convention (laughs) center. But uh, they were... I'm trying to think how to describe them. They're they're basically... It's like a chaos pack. So if you've ever been to your local game store and you've seen... uh, They're usually called, like, repacks. um, And they're usually a couple of bucks. And they're basically uh, 15 cards with a rare... And, you know, you just kind of get whatever. And so that's exactly what these were. They were just like... P-
2: P- PSA, generally try to avoid those yeah they're not game particularly store because you don't rally, get that. But if you've got
0: a two-buck you in your pocket and you're just like, ah, oh, whatever, then that's yeah. fine. Um, Support my local game store. <laughs> correct, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, so the the first card in the pack which made just everybody stop and go, what, was actual test cards. So Wizards... Um, when they're doing testing in play design and they're building sets they hand write out cards uh, and like draw little sketches of things that are clearly not the names of the cards like literally in the rules text it'll say card name in bold and stuff like that instead of the actual card's name because they haven't come up with that yet and so what they did was they printed just cards that either have existed in their play testing days or like new ones that were part of the Great Designer Quest, which they've done a few times now, um, and just things that haven't quite made it or possibly might make it. And they just look... Well, they look like a post-it note stuck to the front of a playing card, (laughs) except they're white. They look look
2: really cool. Well, if you actually look closely, though, the card that they're stuck to is actually the card that they're referencing. If it does, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so there's one that is... um, um, One with Death. One with Death, yeah, and it says you lose yeah, the game, a and that's the instant, test card, You right? lose the game. Yeah, which is the actual card that that came out with was one with nothing, which is um, kind of the same, uh, it's same text, but it, 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 yeah, almost the same effect where it one mana black instant that says you discard your hand. All right. Kamigawa um, block. So, Thank you so much. Yeah, like amazing. Um, but, yeah, so you kind of get a hint of what is behind of what the play card, playtest card, uh, grew up to be throughout play design. Yeah, and so some um, of them
0: are also like um, the unsets. So if you've ever seen like unhinged or unglued or unstable, they're they're kind of along that sort of jokey feel theme as well. So recently they had the the Great Designer Search, which is a big competition that Wizards runs, where you can you know basically put in responses and if you could enough you get an internship to be in the R and D team in Wizards. And one of the questions that came out that was super controversial was about a four-four flying with vigilance, right? A creature that's four-four and flying and vigilance, and what color should it be? Now that's a Sarah Angel, and that's a white card, but Wizards yeah. said that the other colors that it could be was green and black. And so as a joke, because there was this huge uproar from the community, you know, Twitter blew up because it's Twitter, uh, (laughs) that, you know, and, and Wizards just went, well, here it is. And so they did it and there's this terrible sketch of some Golgari flying thing and it's, it's hilarious. So, uh, well done Wizards. And then the rest of it is still unknown at this stage. So there's more information coming out Monday next week after the uh, MC is finished at the moment, we know there's between there's over a thousand cards and less than two wow. thousand. So it's a massive, massive set, and it's it literally goes back to I think they said Mirage, um, but they're they're really cool because each each pack has got um like a rare, sometimes two um, and then there's like two commons from each color, there's a, and two uncommons, and then there's a multicolored and all that sort of stuff, but they're all original artworks from the original printings with the original set symbol in the normal spot. And then in the bottom left corner, they've got like a little Planeswalker symbol. So you know that it's from this set and it's got like, you know, 2019 red on it and stuff. But there's some really, really powerful things in there. Um, some dude opened a Mana Crypt that I saw. Um, someone opened a Teferi's Protection, which is like Commander Staples. So the idea is that this is basically just pre-made Chaos Draft, which seems... Like a really cool idea.
1: So And there's no uh, talk about when or how much? And... Not yet.
0: So I think it the, the sets that are being released this weekend are slightly different from what I understand to the ones that are coming out later. And it seems like it may be March before we may see them in stores and no word on pricing yet. Hopefully, hopefully, they don't make them $30 boosters or something stupid like that.
2: Yeah. So do we know... Are these cards going to be Legacy or Commander legal? I mean, the the test cards
0: won't be unless you play unless <laughs> your play group lets you. But the rest of them are just you know, normal Magic cards. So there are these yeah. are all reprints. There's no new cards that I've seen or heard okay. of the set. Okay. Apart from these yeah. um, test cards, which you get one of in each pack. So.
2: But can I put so if you guys are okay with it, mm-hmm. I could put Sliv Mizzet Hive Mind in in my Sliver Commander I, mean, I hope you would. this is my commander absolutely oh is there enough yeah yeah. (laughs) you have to read the card don't you uh slivers you control oh so six mana blue blue red red and two for legendary creature dragon sliver for a four four um slivers you control have flying and whenever you draw a card this creature deals one damage to any target and tap draw a card so og like niv mizzet OG Niv Mizzet, but for all slivers, so no, not broken at all. Not completely fair, magic. Card. Yeah. So yeah, um, I I have a soft spot for <laughs> Niv Mizzet. Um, so yeah, the idea that I have a whole deck full of Niv Mizzets is is pretty appealing. It's pretty great, but it, it's pretty cool. Like it's um uh, the you know we've seen really good trailers. Uh, we've seen actual esports, whoever is running the marketing for Wizards at the moment uh, has really stepped up the game. It's um, They're doing a much better job than they've ever done before. So uh, well done. Keep, keep at it because we're all enjoying
1: it. Yeah. I want to know why there's a mathematical equation at the bottom of ah. that card.
2: Oh, uh, okay. So the original Niv-Mizzet uh, had a very similar looking equation. And when you actually turned it 90 degrees, like it says... To do, at, yep. th- at the end, it said Niv-Mizzet equals one. So, like, Niv-Mizzet is number one. So... <laughs> That's cool. So, this card says... This card says Chewie's just turn? turned
0: his head to a really awkward angle to try and yeah. read
2: his <laughs> yeah. I think I have as well. <laughs> so, uh, no, no, what it is, is... So, it says 180, so it's Sliv equals Niv. Ah, there you go. There sliv equals ah, Niv. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Very cool. Crack the code. Yeah, I'm, I'm smarter than you I heard look. Heard it here first.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you're right or wrong. I'm just going to assume you are. No, I'm totally. You're going right, to assume yeah. wrong or
0: right? You didn't say. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's right. Okay. <laughs> right. If it was it. shorty, though, it would definitely be wrong.
1: Definitely,
0: yeah, it'd be absolutely. wrong. Yeah. yeah.
2: Right. yeah. Um, so speaking of shorty, Joel, yeah. are you wearing a bow tie? I am not wearing a bow tie because there is there was a rumor in our Discord. And I, I think I really need to address this because the the person <laughs> at the centre of the person at the centre of the rumour would neither confirm nor deny whether this was actually true. So the rumour is that Shorty wears a bow tie when he's hosting the Magic Beans. Yep, and that's fine, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of go, well, it's just a podcast. Why are you wearing a bow tie? But the rumour is that is all he's wearing. So yeah. I. I, I think we need to address that and, and let him know that uh, uh, that's uncomfortable. I, I think he needs and to get
0: dressed. I think that's the only dressing that needs to happen here. I don't think we need to talk about it.
2: <laughs> no, uh, he needs to match it with some suspenders and maybe some cufflicks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and a fez. And a fez. <laughs> yeah, we a fez. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe some nice shoes. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Without socks.
2: <laughs> that's it. Um <laughs> Anyway, who let me on the podcast? Uh, Anyway, just derailing it. You
0: introduced us all to Magic, so you came on by default.
2: No, no, Shorty introduced me. So,
0: yeah, yeah. So it is. Intro uh, podcast again.
2: Yeah, yeah. Were you even there? You were. Anyway, speaking of Shorty, um,
0: I actually did see him on the weekend. Uh, A few of us got down to our little camp that we have down near Torquay, uh, and we got a few games in. So, uh, we played. Shorty didn't play, but I played a five player game of commander. Uh uh is it still going? Uh, it could be. I, I died very <laughs> early. Uh I, I borrowed one of my mates um pre-cons and it's mm. the you know the Duretti pre-constructed deck, so it's mono red. I, I like yeah. that deck. They didn't like me recurring um mere battlesphere from my graveyard.
2: Oh yeah. That paints a target on you. He's Bosch Iron Golem. In yeah, that of course deck? he is.
0: Yes, yeah, well, and, okay, and uh it. and Worm Coil Engine and some awesome awesome fun things. So Um Stu and I kind of went at it. She was playing in a Traxxas Super Friends deck, so I was like, right, well, we have to kill you first. Uh and the turn before For reasons, was, uh, you know, seemed fair. The turn before I was yep. gonna kill him, he cast Sauron Markov and made my life ten. And, oh. and managed to convince a couple of other people that they should just attack me with some dragons. And <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of my game. <laughs>
2: With some dragon. Was that person he convinced his wife? No, it was actually Butcher. Oh, okay. Well, with a name like Butcher, he's obviously going to... Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Excellent. But yeah, uh,
0: yeah, it was was a lot of fun. And so as I was eliminated, I mean, super early in the Commander game, I was only four hours in. uh, (laughs) Not quite. Uh, Shorty and I actually sat down and jammed a bunch of Pioneer, which was was sweet. So we, we proxied up a whole bunch of decks. Um, I used a tool that's called, I think it's, it's metagame.something and it actually lets you print a whole stack of cards. You can put like three cards with Oracle text on a, on a single piece of paper. And so it lets you just have a whole bunch that you can run through. So pretty sweet. Can we can we f- find that link and we'll put it in the show notes? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, sweet. I have it somewhere. Um, and so Shorty was playing a four-colour Ascendancy combo deck, which I think we talked about with Sylvan Awakening. Um, Oh, nice. And so, basically, I think we talked about this last time, Scott, with uh, Jeskai Ascendancy is an enchantment that whenever you Mm -hmm. cast an instant or sorcery, uh, you untap all non-land or all creatures you control and they get plus one, plus one until end of turn and you may draw and discard a card. And so... The, the deck is basically built around this card called... Well, Jeskai Ascendancy is the, the main engine, and then Sylvan Awakening. And what it does is it, it's a three-mana sorcery that turns all your lands into, like, two-two creatures. And so you cast that. It turns all your to, turns all your lands into creatures, and then you follow it up with, like, a one mana Like, Opt or something afterwards, which then untaps all your lands, makes them three-threes, then you can tap them all for mana, and then keep going. And so all your lands become these massive threats that you can just... Yes, it's people's faces in with it. Uh it was very consistent. The 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 manner was like a little bit awkward occasionally, but I was just not able to keep up with it. Uh and so I was playing Abzan Rally the Ancestors, because of because course you were why wouldn't I? Um, and I'm sad to say that the deck felt a little mopey.
2: Uh, I have. Uh, I unfortunately couldn't make it down uh, this last weekend because of uh, working over the weekend. Yeah, because it's basically all that's I seem to life. do lately. But <laughs> yeah, um, for for the foreseeable future, unfortunately. But um, I basically I work. I spend time with my family, and I record this podcast. They are my priorities. So um, doing what I can. Um, but I've been playing um, some Pioneer Online. Mm. Uh, when when the opportunity uh, comes up I've uh, been playing God gifts mainly I've uh, been kind of tinkering with some some other brews um, but yeah God gift because it's kind of a pet deck in standard and I've been um, having kind of you know okay results I'm positive overall I think I played 25 um, matches and I think I at 16 or 17 wins now, so I'm not setting the world on fire, but record, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going okay. Um, but I have been, um, uh, I'm happy to face the rally, uh, rally of the ancestors decks most yeah, of the
0: time, so yeah, it was so I, the, the list I was playing and and all the lists that I played, um were just ones that we pulled from the initial um, 5-0 deck dump from Magic Online. Um, so there's a website which just uh, lists all of the uh, decks that have gone five O in a competitive league. Uh, and they are at least 10 cards different from another deck, I think. And so in the most recent one, because Pioneer's brand new, there was like 130 different decks or something like that, which is amazing. Mm. Whereas normally in like standard and modern, there's like 10 or 15, just to give you an idea of the, the variety of what's going on. But, uh, the deck did what it was supposed to do. I didn't, cause it's a three color deck. The mana was okay. Um, but I was just, I was just a turn too slow against everything yep. that Shorty was doing. And so the other deck he was playing, cause like you, he, he loves that, um, gift deck. And so he was messing yep. around with, with one of those. And I was just always like a turn behind or two turns behind. And so I'd have, I'd cast a bunch of like Elvish visionaries and, you know, like these, um, you know, like Zillaport Cutthroats and things like that. And I, I, I would have like a collected company in hand and, and ready to go off or really ready to kind of rally back everything. But I was just
2: dead, you know, like... He- what, do you think, what do you think the deck was missing? Was it uh, a turn of speed or some disruption? Like, what do you think Probably it was? Both. So it, it yeah. has no main deck
0: interaction at all. It's, it was purely looking to just combo off faster. And I I just couldn't beat the Ascendancy deck. It was just a turn too quick every time, basically. Because it's, it's a turn probably five or six deck in reality um, to, to actually yeah. kind of... and make. it's got a
2: pretty anemic beatdown plan. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. And
0: so, like, I, I, I managed to, you know, attack with, like, murderous riders and things a couple of times, which are three twos, which is okay, you know. But then mm. Shorty would be mm. like... I have a six, six flying life linking angel. What are you going to do about it? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to die to <laughs> It's what I'm going to do to it. <laughs> you're going to do doesn't. nothing. Yeah. Because there's no, there's no hard removal. The, de- the deck wasn't playing fatal push. It wasn't playing thought seize or abrupt decay or like any of these things. And, and if I was going to um, try, you could put more effort in. But the problem when you're playing uh, a collected company deck is you need a real critical mass of, uh, you know, creatures that cost three or less
2: so that when you cast your, you need those effects to be creatures Ab- right absolutely. and that's like murderous rider is okay but you what you want is a um uh if you if you want to and when the format settles down like do you want like some kind of and i don't even know if this exists in pioneer but a tide hollow sculler mesmeric fiend effect where it's a creature that looks at their hand what's the pirate No, the human uh Keitel what's his name yeah, Kite Cell yeah, Freebooter, maybe. Um, but then if you're trying to sacrifice your things, you sacrifice it and they get the card back. Like it's a bit of tension there, but um but if you're looking for disruption that also fits in your game plan, maybe that works. But maybe you just play Thoughtseize. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe, I
0: don't know. It, it definitely felt like there was that whole disruption side missing. Um, which was, you know, fine. or was, you know. You could you could see how it can win. And if you weren't playing against other linear combo decks, then uh, you'd probably be okay. Like if you're playing against something that's like the Salto Control list that's been going around, right? The um, green, black, blue, which is trying to do uh, just really disruptive things. And then we'd be like Tassiger and, and, you know, some, some bigger game threats later on. If all they're doing is pulling creatures out of your hand or, you know, abrupt decaying them and things, then you can probably set up those combo turns Fairly well.
2: It seems well positioned positioned against a deck that's trying to just one for one. Yeah, new. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: Whereas if you're playing it, something that's just trying to go either way bigger or way faster, then it just kind of it fits in that awkward kind of not powerful enough because all your creatures individually are pretty rubbish, um, and if your is a little slow, then it just doesn't quite get there. But I still had fun playing it, um, and it was it was good to kind of just go. All right, well. Maybe that isn't actually as good as we, I had hoped, you know, when we, when we first started thinking about Pioneer, I was like, oh man, I want to do
2: this. Like, this seems like a really fun, powerful thing to yeah. do. And I'm not so sure, but I did, I did. And that's, what's really fun about the format is the unknowns, Yeah, right? Like
0: that's, yeah, really cool. Um, so a couple, a couple um, of other things I played, one of them was, uh, was, was mono green and, uh, uh, let me tell you, turn for Ulamog pretty good. Pretty good, uh, just like
2: modern. Just,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So Scott, so Ulamog, with a
2: list you oh, just, yep, just go.
0: Allamog U- the ceaseless hunger is a card from a couple of years ago. Now it's a ten minute ten ten with indestructible, and when you cast it, you
2: exile two permanents. So, so when you cast it, so even if someone has a counter spell for it, you still get the cast up. trigger. And so the deck was playing.
0: Leyline of Abundance, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, yeah. Uh, Lanaware Elves, um, Elvish Mystic, um, Nyssa, and Nykthos. And it was just just nuts. You just played turn one Elf, turn two Elf, turn three Nyssa, turn four whatever you wanted. And that was out. All the big that things. That was without Leyline in play.
1: I think I've actually played against decks like that yeah. before. That that's what I like about this Pioneer is that um like when we went to the MTQ ages ago, well it feels like ages ago now, um, a lot of those cards I had really no idea what was going on because it went it was so vast. Whereas with Pioneer, I'm just looking at it now, Return to Ravnica was the first set that we're allowed to use. That was that was the set that got me back e. into magic. <laughs> so I've actually got there all these go. sets. Oh, that's fantastic Well, I mean, have a
2: look at some of the um have a look at some of the the decks from Pioneer. You could probably, there's a quite a good uh, mono red aggressive deck. It's uh, sort all of built oh, around prowess. I've, so. I've
1: already uh, I've googled mono red while we're speaking. <laughs> of, of course you have, <laughs> and I've found one. Uh, I'm I'm
2: pretty sure that in the you know latest mono red build is your default Google search, right? Um, yes. So, Cracker, uh, you mentioned leyline of abundance. Yeah. So obviously that um, that deck, as you played it, uh, would have to be um reviewed Indeed. somewhat Would have so, to be
0: adjusted given that it no longer has legal cards in it so
2: yes so ley line of so on the so they'd mentioned at the start of the format that they were going to do some pretty aggressive bands yep. right so the 4th of november which is only uh well, monday yeah, like it was only four days, days ago. ago or something oh four the days ago start of the yeah. Week. um yeah they had uh uh, abandon restricted announcement and, and it was only cards from, from Pioneer that were listed and they listed Felidar Guardian uh, Leyline of Abundance and Oath of Nissa. So you mentioned Leyline of Abundance already mm-hmm. what does that card do? What does that well
0: do? it's like all the ley lines. so if it's in your hand at the beginning of the game you can put it onto the battlefield for free because as we keep saying free spells are dumb uh, and what it does is whenever you tap a creature for mana, you add another one of that mana or you add another green. So basically you would play a turn one elf and then on turn two, you would have access to four mana or turn three, you would have access to like six or eight mana. So it just doubled all of the mana producing um, creatures. And because we have lanoir Elves and Elvish Mystic and Sylvian Karyatid and Uh, what's the once upon a time proof dude um there's there was just a a huge abundance of these um early
2: creatures that let you ramp there was an abundance for your ley line of abundance have you been spending too much time with me i have i didn't even realize i made a bad joke there you go (laughs) (laughs) um Um, so it just so that and and then
0: there was also the activated ability on it which is different from most layer lines which don't have that um, where you can pay six mana and put like a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control so it was really synergistic in that you could make just huge amounts of mana and then you had somewhere to put it Mm. all which has typically been a weakness in ramp strategies right you you would have these creatures that you play early and then they they ramp you up to your big stuff but if you draw the wrong draw the wrong half of your deck, then you've got all these mopey one ones that don't do anything. All of a sudden, they become two twos and three threes. And like if anyone's played against Steel Oversea, you know you just kill that thing on sight. It's it's the same thing, right? They just got out of hand yeah. really quickly. So, um, and in addition to that, with um, Oath of Nyssa, and also with Leyline of Abundance, the card Nykthos, um shrine to nix is a is a super powerful effect so it's a colorless land that lets you tap you tap to tap it and you add mana equal to the devotion of a color you have so that means for every green forest symbol you have on a permanent on the battlefield you add one
2: mana so with the and and ley line of abundance is double green two and two yep, green exactly. yes yeah so, you so tap to- for, but you're not actually investing mana to cast it because you, you're starting the game starting the game with exactly. it in play so you've just got free devotion yeah
0: I- exactly right uh so it basically means that nicthos is break even at that point and then for every other um mana dork as they're called um they're like plus three mana each just insane
2: insane yeah and then oath of nissi you mentioned yep. as well is also on the banned list um That was showing up in a lot of decks, and there was a bit of debate about whether it was in... uh, whether it was the best choice for some decks, but... uh, Do you want to read it out? Do you have it? Uh, I can do that. So Oath of Nissa is a legendary enchantment that costs one green mana, and it says, when Oath of Nissa enters the battlefield, look at the top three cards of your library. You may reveal a creature, land, and importantly, planeswalker card from among them and put that into your hand. Uh, put the rest in the bottom of your library in any order. So it'd be a decent card in green, because that's basically Ponder, uh, which is banned in modern, uh, restricting vintage. Uh, but in green, uh, it's um uh a, that alone makes it a pretty good card. But here's the kicker. The second stanza of text says you may spend mana as though it were meant mana of any colour ...to cast Planeswalker spells. So, it, it would give you... In this deck that you're talking about... ...the Leyland and Abundance mm-hmm. deck... ...it let you find... Uh, ...in combination with Once Upon a Time... ...it let you find... Uh, ...an early mana... ...accelerator... ...or it let you find one of your big payoffs... ...or uh, ...which was really good... ...or yeah. Nykthos. Um, what it also did... Uh, ...in conjunction with the other banned card... ...Felidar Guardian... Um, which is a three and a white for a one-four cat beast, which says uh, when Felidar Guardian enters the battlefield, you may exile another target permanent you control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. So Oath of Nissa let you find both sides of the the copycat combo, which is the Saheli Rai, which has a down tick ability of uh, exile a creature and then return it to play, which then you targeted felodar guardian.
0: Of a creature you control yeah, it becomes I, an artifact of haste until end of turn, I think. And so then yep, that's yeah, the so when you do yeah. that you target your felodar guardian which then enters and then its flicker effect occurs, you bounce the Saheli, it comes back down, all its loyalty has been reset and you can do that infinite times.
2: So you make an infinite number of one four hasty cats. Um now there's, it's predominantly a green deck um, that you play Play it in, or there's Jeskai versions, but Oath of Nyssa let you find both Felidar Guardian and Saheli and you're a four-color deck, but Oath of Nyssa fixes your mana to play your Splash, which is your blue-red Planeswalker. So... Um, I think rightly so. And, and expectedly, uh, fellow Guardian was banned on Again, the fourth as well.
0: Poor fellow got banned in standard, got banned in pioneer and no one is surprised.
2: No. And uh, I think it's good because, um, and as I said in the announcement, it, it's, it's a format that you can interact with, but it causes the whole format to be able to interact in a certain way and, and forces people to have that card. And, um, When it's a format that is predominantly played on Magic Online, to be able to win with that many clicks is also super annoying uh, for both parties involved. And it means that, you know, there's all of these amazing decks that you could be playing that are super sweet and potentially really powerful, but Felidar Guardian just puts a cap on, on what decks are viable to be explored. So I think they did the right thing by... By By banning it early, so yeah. especially with cards like once upon a time that help you find it, you know it, it's gotten so much better. I so, absolutely yeah. agree. and it yeah.
0: means that you you've put a a time time frame on the format, right you you now have this turn four, I win the game combo, and if you don't have a way to interact with uh, you know Sahirli on turn three or Felidar on turn four then you just lose. And I don't think that's what they want in this. I think they're hoping it will be closer to standard than modern. Modern was supposed to be a turn four format. It's now like turn 2.5, turn three as the, it's not actually I win the game, but that's, that's what referred to as the critical turn where if you can't interact meaningfully with your opponent by that stage, they will gain such an overwhelming advantage that they probably win from there. Um,
2: yeah, the game's kind of decided, right? Yeah. Not so, not always, but yeah. the
0: vast majority of the time. Um and I, I think they probably want this to be like a turn five or six format. Unbeaten yeah. KCI. No. Um, yes. So Doesn't it's <laughs> <laughs> can't play that
2: in here um, anyway. No, that's right. Um yeah, thanks for You're pointing welcome. that out when the format just got announced. That's good. Um so yeah, they want this to be a good format right so the aggressive bannings uh that they've announced that that they will happily ban cards uh are, is a real positive i'm really happy with that because um you don't want to uh you don't want the format to kind of peter out because you know just you know OCOs everywhere there's just everything's an elk or whatever um so you know they're they're keeping a really close eye on it people are really excited by the format um people are actually playing magic online again and yeah. Morally, yeah exactly um local game stores are running events there are new podcasts out specifically talking about pioneer um yeah it's it's amazing like it's like i don't know whether it's you know i mentioned the marketing team i don't know whether they're involved but you know like wizards are trying harder than they've ever tried before right so yeah it's a um it's a really, really positive thing. These are good bands. Um People were expecting Oko, Thief of Crowns to be banned. They haven't banned it. I, and I, I agree with that. I think that, you know, the Oko decks will kind of balance out and just become like the 50% deck of the format. And, you know, you just be prepared for it. Like in the Godfarer's Gift deck that I was playing, um, I, my... A giant thing to reanimate of choices Ashen Rider, so it's like, oh, you've got a, you've got a an Oko on you know four thousand loyalty that he always has. It's like, well, he's just exiled, and I've got a hasty four four, so I'll attack you. So it's a yes, you might make my <laughs> well, if you don't have a way to interact with Oko, maybe your seven mana Godfrey. Yeah, you can't leave it out for a but no. So you, you 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 play it and you. You play the, uh, you either play um, agent of treachery, agent of treachery, and just steal their oko, o- 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 or you just exile it. And you know that that's the format adjusting, right? So if the format was bulk aggressive creatures, then I would you know go back to the angel of invention. If the format was really mid range, then you go well, trekky probably pretty good because I can attack you for four and kill three of your things. So you know the format just needs to. Adjust and play as you're playing your deck. You just need to have those things in mind. But it's difficult at the moment because the format's so wide, and people are playing things like Assassin's Trophy because it's like no matter what my opponent and Thought sees it's like no matter what my opponent does, I can interact. And you know, that means that we've got a turn five, six, seven interactive format, which is what. We want mm. really like as magic players like that's is that not the perfect sort of format? Well, as where, long as I'm into you know, games, don't go- <laughs> right.
0: That's that's how I, I prefer my games. Where yeah, you know, nice well, come on, Scott, don't tell me that when you cast collision on your four four, they scoop you like ah, feels good.
2: Scott likes it interacting feels. directly with that's, his opponent's life. Scott total, likes interacting right? with their face. <laughs> yeah yeah does your deck play any disruption yeah it it plays shock it disrupts their life total right (laughs) uh so just just one
0: quickly last thing on this ban uh i just found the tweet that i was looking for so uh aaron forsyth who we've mentioned a couple of times is like head of r&d at wizards uh and the day Mm -hmm. after the um Banner restricted announcement, he said that Devotion trophied forty times past weekend, which is ten times more than any other deck, and had a sixty point five percent non mirror win percentage, which is insane. And it was sixty two percent
2: And that's why they were sixty two percent versus yeah. cat
0: combo, which is also completely insane. And uh, cat combo trophied sixteen times in two days, and uh, had a fifty five percent win percentage rate. So Decks were very, very good, and you know, they want to encourage freedom and creativity, which we haven't had in a format ever in this kind of environments.
2: So, well, do you know the the only time we've ever had that in the the time that I've been playing is Commander, and where you could kind of just do what you want. Everyone could just build their yeah, but even Commander has quite a large band list. Uh, yeah, it, it 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 does because they want to foster that creativity and and people playing the cards that they want to play, um, and you know some people go, well, the card I want to play got banned, but uh, the majority is the majority says that you know the format is better without these cards, uh, and look how big commander it is the most popular Magic format out there. So what they're trying to do is just get a little pinch of that <laughs> spice that um, that uh, recipe part of that recipe for commander being successful and apply it to a competitive constructed format obviously they'll never get um that uh commander success level out of a magic uh, out of a competitive format but if they can bring in some of those elements that have made it successful a part of that being you've got all these cards that you've had lying around and that you enjoyed playing when they were legal in standard. Here's an opportunity to play them again. So for me, I, I don't. I've never built a con. Uh, I'm sorry. I've never bought a pre-constructed commander deck. I've always built my commander. And I've got seven or eight commander decks. And I go, cool strategy. I'm going to build that out of my collection. And then, and I get like eighty of the hundred cards out of my my collection. And then I buy and then upgrade decks as you know the ones that i really enjoy playing so um i have a muldrotha deck that looks nothing like the original iteration of it but it's like cool strategy i love recurring stuff from my graveyard and the decks just kind of developed over time pioneer decks are going through the same transformation where people are like oh i want to play this you know x deck whatever it whatever it is shorty really enjoyed playing Jeskai Ascendancy. And now it's got all these tools and people will continue to iterate on that. And by aggressively banning cards, um, it allows that creativity and that that experimentation to happen. And the exploration, you know, the format's called Pioneer, like the the exploration that a brand new format that doesn't have these, it has pillars of the format but it doesn't have these restrictions these decks that are restricting the format that's perfect so I love speaking it. of um, restrictions
0: I, just to jump in um, yeah big announcement from SCG today they are dropping legacy from everything in 2020 yeah and yeah. that's purely to do well pioneer pioneer has they've just outright said it. it has pushed legacy out they stopped it being one of their primary formats about 2 or 3 years ago and in the announcement today, they were saying that they really should have just cancelled it entirely. Then, but they really liked the community and they wanted to try and help it along. But the cost barrier by having the reserve list and uh, just the barrier to entry in these decks, are, you know, for five thousand dollars, it just makes the the tournaments that they were trying to run. Unprofitable. They couldn't run like legacy opens and things very often because they just wouldn't get the numbers. Uh, and so now, moving forwards, all their team tournaments are going to be um, standard pioneer modern instead of standard modern legacy. So it's kind of what I expected. Actually, I, I kind of yeah. always saw this as being not the death of modern, but the death of legacy. And I mean, vintage is already dead. And you know, it's just one of those things where. I mean, decks cost what? Pick a number. You put Black Lotus in there, and they're, you know, a hundred thousand dollars kind of thing, which is just
2: and th- that's the that's the reserve list absolutely. doing that. But also, like it's all having whether there's a reserve list or not, supporting those formats. And SCG is different from Wizards, I guess, but um, Wizards turned its back on um, on on Legacy and Vintage a very long time ago. But because they don't sell packs. Yep. So, and that's that's what Wizards are there to do. They're there to sell packs. So, um, if, you know, you can't buy, um, you can't walk into your local game store and go, I'll have an alpha pack, please. Right. And they, then, the, so the barrier to entry. So I have, um, to give you some, um, some context, Scott, when I f- uh, first started playing Highlander, which we'll get into on a future cast, um, I bought a volcanic island for twenty five dollars. That card is now worth probably seven hundred um and you know if I was going to play a delver deck in um in Legacy, I need a number of those and a number of underground seas and then Let's not forget score um, I need a hundred dollars each as well exactly, so just the mana base of my deck is well into the thousands so you can't run a tournament and expect hundreds of people to show up. But if you run a tournament that's Pioneer, then absolutely thousands of people will show up. The first Pioneer Grand Prix numbers are going to be really interesting. they will be insane. So, and that, I, man, yeah. if, if they will cover
0: that, they have to do video coverage on that one. They, they need to. Yeah, to. absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, there is this other format called Standard I've heard of. What? Yeah. Um, it's that thing that no one plays anymore. However, I'm
1: sorry. Oh, Oh,
2: (laughs) hang on. There's a a small group of people playing it this weekend. There is a small group of
0: people playing it this weekend. There is the Mythic Championship Richmond. Is this MC7, 6? I forget. Anyway. 6, I think. Yeah. Um, So that's occurring this weekend where everyone will be eagerly watching everything turn into Elks and uh, <laughs> it's just going to be – it will be interesting to see if there is some sweet new tech that comes out of it to beat up on uh, Simic decks, Oko decks, which everyone has talked about for forever because it's kind of like 60% of the metagame or something insane. Um,
2: there are some people that are claiming that the green-white adventure deck are uh, hard targets – um, the mm-hmm. Oco decks. So it'd be interesting to uh to give that theory the and acid some test. Red, black, uh, uh, as we
0: sacrifice re- decks as well is the other one I've heard of that are supposedly positive matchups. But again, who knows? Everyone uh likes oh, that, to think the mana base in is that deck so
2: bad. Yeah, that's right. Um well as we record this coverage starts within a couple of hours, right? So um we uh I guess we'll see what's uh what comes up. But yeah, we've got um got a lot uh to, to look at in there. Like we've got the the ban list that is um uh sorry, the bandings from the last Mythic Championship with Field of the Dead, etc. So that shook the format up a little bit, but I think a lot of people just defaulted to a uh, a, a Simic based deck, whether they're um have a third colour or not we'll see. But there's a lot of um there's a lot of thieves of crowns running around. So it's a um Hopefully, it's not just mid-range mirrors with not being able to tell what's an elk on paper because it's paper coverage. So I am a bit nervous about that, um, where you know pay- players may not realise that their creatures an elk and make bad decisions. Whereas if it was on arena, we'd be able to see. But um, very interested to see that. I'm keen to watch it, um, and I'm main- mainly keen to see what non-OCO decks are successful.
0: Look, it's it's high level magic, which is always good to watch. Um, e- even if you can't take, like, let's say on the eighteenth, which is the next um, B and R announcement, Oko gets banned or whatever, and it, it basically it validates this tournament, which is you know it's like it's like ten days from now, so it's just over a week away, right? Um, for the for the B and R, but watching pros. Um, will help you a lot understanding how they evaluate game states. Um, and there's also the the limited portion. There's Throne of Drain, which is still going to be our draft set for the next what two months, I think. So yeah. you know it, they 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 will always they always start day one and day two with a draft, um, and they usually have a featured drafter. So they'll kind of have a camera over the shoulder of the one of the professionals usually one of the really high-ranked players probably someone from the MPL, i would guess this time um and they'll have a couple of people in coverage talking through you know the picks that they're making they'll usually have like marshall from limited resources on um talking about what he sees in the pack and you know what they're hoping to wheel so there's some good stuff that you can pick up from that um just by watching
1: yeah i'll, I'll be curious to watch it i'm I know I like Standard. I'm probably one of a dying breed, I suppose, and I know most people will be playing Modern and now Pioneer, but uh, from a Standard perspective, I'm sort of curious to see how it all goes out. We, we all come things. back
2: to Standard yeah, eventually. Absolutely. It's just you go, oh, look at this shiny thing over here. I, I was playing some... It, yeah. some, pioneer is some the
0: shiny will- new toy that we've been given and it's uh, it's kind of grabbed everyone's fancy at the moment, particularly because Standard is as it's been for the last few months, right, with Field of the Dead taking over and then... Oko okay, taking after that, if you didn't want to play those kind of games, then there wasn't much else for, for people to There yeah. wasn't much for you.
2: There's just not enough people playing Fires of Invention with the Cavaliers, that's all I've got to say, because that's the best deck.
0: They, they need to watch your video again then.
2: Maybe I'll do a new one Yeah Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Yeah, so that's that, that starts now, basically um, as, as we're recording so we'll do a, f- a full wrap up of the MC, MC on the next episode I guess yep absolutely
0: so was there anything else you boys wanted to have a chat about on the way out the door or are we uh we're just about done for this one
1: Ah, uh, I
2: think I'm done uh yeah uh I'm pretty well done um well done Joe for uh no, for hosting you. you've uh thank you. you've kept us to a, a decent time and um you've done a much better job than our regular hosts
0: I just have to try and remember so feel free to get in touch with us. You can email us at magicbeancast at gmail.com. We are magic beans Cast on Twitter. If you search magic beans on YouTube, you'll find some of Chewy's videos. Scott, your Twitter handle is. Uh, at the real Plaster. Chewy, yours is. Uh, at ChewyMTG. And mine is Joel Hill underscore. If you want to tweet at Shorty to give him a hard time, he is at peace Inc. And please do. We'd, we'd appreciate that.
2: I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I will like your tweet if you do that. Yeah, we'll, we'll retweet it so he gets multiple <laughs> bashings. Because <laughs> we're yeah. good mates. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I look forward to that.
0: All right, everyone. Well, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you all next time. Cheers. All right, see you all. Goodbye.